Hello, hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is June. She is a joy guide and energy healer who puts the woo in woohoo. Through joy guidance, human design, and oracle readings, she helps people connect to their own unique gifts and superpowers so they may find their calling in this lifetime. June is here to guide as many people as she can towards a more joyful, magical life through playful curiosity and radical self-acceptance. Ultimately, June's mission is to multiply heart-centered leaders who will help make the world a better place just by being their true selves. Everybody, please welcome June. Hi, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, so I hunted June down. post something on a Facebook group. And I was like, they were talking about manifestation, which I love manifesting and topic altogether. And so I was like, who's this person named June? So I clicked on your your Facebook profile. And then I clicked on your website. And I was like, I need her on my podcast. And I sent her a Facebook messenger thinking she wasn't going to reply, but she replied right away. And now she's here. And I'm so happy. I know. I mean, it was all really serendipitous, I have to say, because I was saying like, oh, my gosh, I don't ever go on the Facebook group. Let me just like answer this person, which I never usually do. I'm not like really participating in it very often on Facebook in general. And then finally, I was like, oh, I should check my messenger. It's so (laughs) fun. Like the inkling, the intuition sometimes is so funny. Your inner compass is just like, why don't you just do this? It's like a little nudge, right? And all of a sudden I'm here. I'm so great. So tell us about your journey. How did this all become what you do today? Oh my gosh. I mean, it is an epic journey, but essentially, you know, being a joy guide, I kind of made that up. <laughs> and I, I mean, if you look it up, it's like, oh, what is that? But essentially, I feel like I've been doing it my whole life. You know, it's one of those things where I look back on my life and realize, oh my gosh, every random experiment that I ever did, every little failure that I ever thought I had really led up to this moment where all of these stars aligned. And now I can actually step back and like gaze upon the constellation that's formed and realize, oh my God, this was so meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) I was born to do this. (laughs) So yeah, like it's super amazing, but it took a lot of, I would say, courage and fearlessness to be able to get to this point. And for me, it was, it all kind of started with a lot of self-rejection happened when I was younger. And I couldn't, I was always seeking happiness or success because my parents are Thai and I'm first generation. So when I was born, it was almost just like, okay, and now go be perfect. And <laughs> like our American dreams are exactly. riding on you. <laughs> yeah. It's a big thing and, in the Asian culture to be like, absolutely perfect. It's, it's, oh my gosh. I, I just finished watching this documentary and it's like, a lot of Asian teenagers have so much anxiety and stress and are dealing with a lot, like some of them even commit suicide because they cannot attain their parents' What is it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Their standards. It's like some of them are impossible to like get straight A's in every single subject for every single year and become like this decorated doctor or lawyer or something. Right. You know, it's like insane. Right. It really is. And it is really prevalent in, I guess, any immigrant family that's like, you know, rolling the dice and <laughs> coming here for the American dream. Right. Mm-hmm. And then 
recognizing, oh yeah, right. So I'm going to have this kid and then they're going to do the thing for us Yeah, <laughs> and they won't let us down. Right. They won't let us down. And an A minus is an F. You got that. Yeah. An A minus is an F. <laughs> so and that's like, a lot for a child to carry. Like all of a sudden now you have the weight of your entire family on your back. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, I, I guess I grew up with it just as a natural part of the expectation of what I was supposed to be. So mm-hmm. I never really like sat back and questioned it, of course, until I was an adult and, and was like, oh, wait, this is probably, that was probably not very healthy. But overall, I just, I wanted to make them proud, you know, like yeah. I love them so much. They made so many sacrifices in their lives. And it was like, it felt like a sense of duty and responsibility to really like honor them and make sure that I'm I'm not you know, disappointing them in any way. And, and of course, like also you kind of take that as, oh, I don't want to disappoint myself either. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I, I really want to work hard. So it was funny because they put me, they were like, we don't care what school you end up in. We just want it to be a good school. So as Buddhist Thai parents, they put me in Catholic school. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. So I I went to Catholic school from kindergarten until the end of high school. So you can imagine how confusing that was. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> confusing. So for me, you know, being a joy guide is actually like it's a very spiritual thing, but for the longest time I felt like I was so confused about mm. what it is to have faith, what religion is to me, like what is it what does it mean to belong because I was always told like, oh yeah, non-Catholics go to hell. So I I never felt like, oh my gosh, not only do I have to prove myself, you know, with my, to my parents, but like to these people where I'm like, no, I am a good person yeah. and I still want to go to heaven. Is that yeah. okay? <laughs> Let me in. <laughs> Let me in, please. And so it wasn't until like my preteens where I was really starting to notice this toxicity of self-rejection because, you know, it's mostly white people in the school, a few, like it's in DC. So it's, it's not abnormal for that to happen. And there's like, it's mostly black black and white and Asians, it, we dabbled here and there, but not, not too many of us. <laughs> yeah. right? And so for me, I, I remember when I was a preteen, I used to stay out of the sun day long because I wanted to be more white. Aww. And I would read Sweet Valley Twins and they're like California girls with blonde hair, blue eyes. And I'm like, oh, one day <laughs> I wish I could <laughs> turn into a blonde haired blue. I I'm, clearly don't have it. I have brown yeah. eyes and I'm very Thai, very, very Thai. <laughs> um, but it was, it was this thing where I noticed like, oh shoot, I am really like being myself was like the last thing I wanted to be from mm. looks to you know, being Buddhist, like I was just like, I don't, I don't want to be any of this. And there was so much like shame and feelings of of unworthiness and feeling like I wasn't lovable. And, and it wasn't the way that I actually was raised or I I was born, you know, from one to five, I I was so unstoppable at that time, at that little kid age, you know, you're so innocent and there's no color, there's nothing like we just here to play and have fun and explore. And somewhere naturally, of course, when you're in that awkward phase of like wanting to be accepted, it really, really got bad. And so for me as a joy guide, it was almost like 
oh, this is inner child work is like where it's at. Like, Mm. I really understand that this is how people walk away from their joy. This is exactly the moment I know when I did. I know when I walked away from being my joyful, authentic, true self and like started wearing these masks. And it was really such a good description wearing a mask. Yes. And we all do it. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, we all do it. We have to play roles. It's like, be a mom, do this, like be this person at work, be the boss. Like there are certain masks that we wear as a society all the time, because that's what is kind of expected of us. Mm-hmm. And did they have immigrant parents? <laughs> did America have immigrant parents that were like, no, you must wear this mask? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's weird because it seems so normal. And so, you know, the work that I end up doing is really unraveling, like, where did this happen? What is the source of where you started rejecting yourself, rejecting the core essence of who you are um, to become a more joyful person? And going through teenage years and into my 20s, all I really wanted was just to achieve, to be accepted, to be as perfect as I could. Like I really humaned hard. I was like, I'm going to be a really good human right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be the best human I could possibly be. And it was, it was okay for a while. And then it, and it was like, oh wait, I have not listened Mm. to my intuition, my inner compass. Like I remember when shit really hit the fan for me was when I realized, oh my gosh, I'm I'm in the emergency room. I have pneumonia in my left lung because mm. I don't know how to tell my bosses that I don't I can't go to work because I'm afraid I'll be fired. Like oh my gosh. I, I don't want to let the team down, right? And yeah. it was like, whoa, what is going on? Like listening to my body was not an option at all. <laughs> Yeah. And then it was it was just this moment where I realized, wow, there are there's something wrong, right? There's something mm. wrong. And it wasn't just like, oh, it was my career, it was everything, even my friendships, my relationships, they all seemed like, oh, I just don't want to let anybody down. And yeah. the people pleasing got so bad that I felt like universe had to intervene. (laughs) Yeah. If I wasn't going to do it, universe was going to intervene. And so um, I ended up one year uh, back in 2011, having three deaths (gasps) in my family back to back. So it was my, my aunt in Thailand, who I was so like, I loved her so much close to her. And I, again, could not get past this self-rejection, people-pleasing, unworthiness. And I was like, I can't let my team down. I can't go to the funeral. So I missed her funeral. And I felt so, this crippling, oh my gosh, girl, this crippling, just like shame and guilt. And then I was like, what what have I just done? And then universe served up some more and was like, oh yeah, you thought that was bad. Let's, let's store. And then my grandfather, a couple of months passed away after that. And then my uncle. And And it was just this like wake up call, you know, like this really deep wake up call to be like, you can't live like this. You really can't. And I was a costume designer and a stylist in the industry at that time. And, you know, I really thought that this was going to be the career for me or like I was going to somehow help people through this because when I was in college, I actually got a degree in psychology to become a child therapist. And I really just wanted to, to help kids. And, and I realized at some point that, you know, oh, I don't, I think I could just, I want to hug all the kids. So I don't think this is, I would be a good doctor. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my God. So <laughs> I ended up being like stumbling upon costume design again, like feeling like, oh, well, I failed at being a therapist. Like, let's try this. And then at a certain point, I was like, I'm failing at being a costume designer and a stylist. Like, I'm, I hate my life. Like, everything is going wrong. And those deaths really were a wake up call of like, girl, is this even your dream? Yeah. Like, does this even, is this even relevant anymore? And that's really when it just, I made a choice. I was like, no, I really, I don't think this is who I am. Like, what is the meaning of life? When you're faced with mortality, you really have to start thinking like, I, I don't know what the meaning of my life is. So what is it? Like, who am I now? I don't feel like I'm the same person as I was before. I love that. Oh my gosh. There's so much to talk about. I love that you shared your story about like, you know, not staying in the sun because you wanted to not get dark. And I, it's funny because I have a similar story. Like I, yeah, I wore, I dyed my hair blonde. I would wear blue contacts and I would stay away from the sun, stay away from tanning because I so desperately wanted to fit in with my white friends. Mm. And I, you know, I didn't want to be Mexican or Hispanic because I was embarrassed of like, I hated my name in Spanish. It's Paola. No one could pronounce it. Ah. My teacher in third grade Americanized my name to Paola and I stuck with it and I love it. I actually love my name now, but there were so many things that I did the same where I wanted so desperately to fit in, to be accepted, to feel like I was lovable, to feel like people liked me, but I always felt like an outcast. I always felt like I didn't belong. We went from living in LA to living in Riverside, which back then Riverside was a lot more white, whitely populated, if you could say whitely populated is a word, but I I mean, I totally understand. And I love how you said, you know, we put on these masks and we do because we want so desperately to fit in and to be accepted. And we put masks in front of our teachers, in front of our bosses, in front of our parents, in front of our friends. But it's like everything that happened to you, similarly, not in the same way, but happened to me. And it it will happen to anyone who is wearing masks and still wearing masks. The universe will constantly send you whispers, nudges. And sometimes if you're still not listening, like a huge brick is going to fall on your head. Oh my God. Traumatic bricks will come your way. (laughs) And that's exactly what happened to you. It was like this catastrophic, like death after death after death and the shame and the guilt and everything started to culminate. And now you're like, I like to say broken open. And it's now your, your soul is like awake. And you're oh, I mean, ready to I mean, receive. how could you not wake up, right? <laughs> yeah, after, exactly. After it was like sign after sign after sign, it was just like, oh, okay, this is what my intuition has been telling me to wake up for so long. But now it's almost like my aunt intervened. Yes. Was, okay, here we are. Like, wake up. Yes. And it was it was really beautiful because after all the deaths, it was almost like the death of my old self was mm. starting to happen, right? And this is what I usually guide people through as a joy guide is like the death of their old selves. Like this is who I was in the past and letting go of this like dream, you know, letting go of this old relationship with yourself where you feel like you've worked so hard and you've built so much up to this very moment. And then you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, I still don't know who I am. (laughs) I still am unhappy. I still, like, even with all the things I've checked off this achievement box, I'm still not there yet. And why? And for me, it was like the second I started 
realizing that the death of myself was happening and I was really starting to attract my new self Mm -hmm. and was starting to joy seek and choose me, like choose me as an adult for the first time, really culminated with um, the end of a long-term relationship where, you know, it's funny because when you start like manifesting, what happens is that, you know, you really, whatever you're desiring, whatever your dream is, it starts coming to you but sometimes when you're in that transitional phase between old self and new self you're you're still mourning you're still grieving and so even when you get the thing you want you're like oh shoot this I don't know if I want this do I really want this and you question yourself a bit but it was this long-term relationship where I was realizing as my internal self was changing, my external world was changing. It was inevitable. Mm -hmm. And so I realized like, oh my gosh, this thing I've been holding on to, this relationship I've been holding on to because of history, because of obligation, because of people pleasing. And I knew it wasn't the right relationship for the longest time. And yet I couldn't bring myself to face the truth. And I remember, um, this was like the, the pivotal moment where like my spiritual or cosmic awakening happened. We were on this like trip together and I ended up, you know, we were traveling and looking at different uh, basilicas and churches in Europe. And I was not religious, like because I was in Catholic school and I felt (laughs) so rejected by, you know, the, the religion in general. I, I, for a longest time, I was just like, so angry with God, angry with the universe, angry about feeling this way that spirituality was like, I had no relationship with it. Zero. I hadn't prayed in the longest time. I didn't care about it. I was like, whatever. If you don't want me, I don't want you. (laughs) You I totally relate. I can totally relate. Right. I was like, whatever. I'm good. I don't need you. But I was also really unhappy. And Mm -hmm. I remember I was fighting with, you know, now my ex uh, in this church. And I go in and I look in my peripheral vision I saw him go through like a corridor and I was like I'm in a foreign country I don't know if I'm going to lose him I got to run after him and make sure even though we're not talking right now I got to make sure I don't lose him yeah <laughs> um, and so I run into this room and thinking it was a hallway no it was a tiny little uh prayer room and mm. it was dark and just beautiful um, candles lit everywhere. There were a couple of people praying. They like looked at me like, I'm like, are you crazy? Why are you running in here? Yeah. And I froze, like my body froze. And I was like, okay, be cool. Just sit down <laughs> and like, just sit down, like pretend like you actually knew what you were doing. And I sat yeah. down and as I was here on a pew for the first time in like 10 years, I looked up at the sky and I was like, okay, well, I'm here. So I guess I'll pray. He, she, whoever you are, uh, they, I don't know what you are, um, but I am so desperate for answers and I need help. And I started realizing I was getting choked up and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm actually praying. I'm really praying right now. And I said, I need to know, is this, am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to be in this relationship? Please give me a sign. I just need a sign. I'm so confused. I need a sign. And I walked away being like, oh, well, that was weird. (laughs) That was weird. Yeah, You just prayed. That was weird. Okay. But I I felt like I needed answers. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, I got my answer and it came. Be careful what you wish for, folks. I just want to say this. (laughs) Just be careful what you wish for and what you pray for. Because when you set 
that desire out into the universe, you will get the answer. Like when you really are so intentional about it, you will get the answer. And I got the answer in a very, again, shocking and traumatic way. And it ended up being a bit of a, I guess I would say a violent end. And And it was just kind of this moment where I had an out-of-body experience thinking, oh my gosh, how could I, how, how did I end up here? Like you Mm. you hear about women like being in this position and I'm like, how did I, I'm, I'm smarter than this. Like, how did I end up here? (laughs) Yeah. And, and I'm so mad at myself, but I realized like, oh, I prayed for this and had that traumatic experience not had happened the way that it did. I wouldn't have a hundred million percent reason to walk away. Mm. You see what I mean? Like I wouldn't have that, like there is not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that this is a toxic relationship and we should not be together. And this was the answer I was hoping and praying for. And sure, I look back on it now and I'm like, Oh yeah, we really could have saved ourselves a lot of this drama. (laughs) A lot of definitely could have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Had you both and I of have us similar stories, seriously. Really? You're like my soul sister because that oh, well. happened to me. My ex, not with my husband because I love my husband, but no, my ex boyfriend <laughs> before my husband. You know, I had all these like weird visions. Like mm-hmm. I had, you know, somebody would come into my dream and say, "You know what he's doing?" Because I, I had feelings that he was cheating on me, but mm. I didn't have evidence. And we're always yeah. seeing the proof, you know. Even though yeah. gut, which is your second brain, is constantly. Mm-hmm making you feel these like weird feelings. It's like, go with your intuition and your gut. And I kept, you know, ignoring the gut, ignoring my intuition, ignoring the signs, the red flags. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I literally saw it on his phone. And by then he choked me out on the side of a, you know, restaurant. (sighs) It was very violent. And, and, but it's like you said, it was like, there was all these nudges and signs. And I was asking and God was giving me God universe source. The divine was giving me like, here's a nudge. Here's a red flag. You should go. I'm sending you this vision in your dream. I'm giving you, you know, and yet yes. we weren't listening. And it, it's almost like we have to get to that place of like, okay, I'm finally going to like, really like make this because you're not paying attention to me. So I'm just going to like make all of it come to this violent head because that's the only yep. way we're going to leave him. And because I've been, yeah. I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> I know so that like literally like, is exactly what happened to me. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's, it's incredible actually, because a lot of my female clients, they have similar stories of like, man, I went through something really painful and traumatic to become the healer or the, the helper or, you know, this leader that I, mm-hmm. that I know I'm meant to be. And I think that's the thing about the human experience is that what I'm recognizing now that I have a relationship with like spirit universe, you know, whatever you want to call it now is that it's like, oh, there is so many lessons on the other side of pain. And the only way I realized I was like, oh, well, if you can experience pain, like true pain, true trauma, true hurt, true anger, all of those things that I would say society says is quote unquote negative, Mm -hmm. joy and happiness and light and love are right on the other side. You cannot experience one without the other. Like life is about polarity and contrast. So if you can experience deep pain, that is your ticket to deep joy Mm. because- it's the polar opposite of the same 
coin. So, so it's just a matter of being able to access that. But I know a lot of people get stuck in the trauma because they don't know how to navigate those areas. And I feel like it was almost like my soul was put on this earth to experience whatever I experienced so that I could help guide people out to the other side. And I think that's, that's where it becomes like, oh my God, I want everyone to feel this way. I want everyone to understand that every trauma that you've been through, every life lesson that you've experienced is a positive aspect to include, really. It's like a treasure hunt to understanding what your soul's calling is in this lifetime. It's a treasure hunt to understanding your true self and who you are without the masks, without the money, without, you know, the job, without any of those things, who are you at your core? Mm. And it's just, it's, it's been my passion now as a joy guide and energy healer to be like, if I can do it, I know everyone can, I know you can. I just love you. I love everything that you just (laughs) said. Seriously, you are so aligned with everything that I preach because it's seriously the truth. It's we cannot have one without the other. You can't have pain without joy. You can't have night without day. You can't have light without darkness. But, you know, the people that figure it out, I love those that turn around and say, hey, I found the light. Like, let me help you out of the darkness. And that's how I feel. Like, as soon as I went through all of that and went through my own discovery and my own journey, like I felt like everybody, just like how you said, everybody needs to know this. How how does not everyone know this? Why isn't everybody teaching this in school? Like, you know, instead, I feel like everyone in school is teaching you how to go into this box. And it's like, for the rest of your life, your soul is trying to get out of that box, you know? And it's like, oh my gosh, you feel all these feelings and you don't know how to like, really, like you said, navigate to the joy. And so they sedate drugs and porn and affairs. And, you know, some of the souls get so lost that those are the souls that I feel are the ones that, you know, are so deeply in their mental illness, like homeless people or, you know, bipolar Mm -hmm. people, people Mm -hmm. that have psychiatric, you know, it's because they haven't allowed their soul to just be what it was intended to be. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, you know, all of us have specific karmic lessons, you know, at the end of the day. And so, you know, some of us might actually have to live this lifetime with that mental health struggle, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's part of, everything you know it's part of our soul's contract to come here to do what we're meant to do and some of us have made that sacrifice I believe to like be the catalyst for other people and you kind of like look at people with addiction or things differently because then you're like oh my gosh like what a maybe they made a beautiful sacrifice so that I can see where I don't want my soul to go and make a different choice you know what I mean oh yeah I read the book, The Seed of the Soul, and it totally like changed my my view about like homeless people and like people yeah. who struggle with mental illness because it is like it's it's showing you what where your life could be if you don't accept the love and the joy and the peace that is here for the taking. It is here. It's it's like you said, all I had to do was ask for help and it was given to me. And I I just finished this book called uh, The Greatest Secret of All by Mark Allen. And he said, you know, it's it's pretty simple. It's asking you shall receive, you know, seeking you shall find, knock and the door shall be open for you. And and it's pretty simple. If you just 
universe, God, source, the divine spirit, whatever you want to call it, the big man upstairs, they're waiting for you. Your angels, your guides, they're all waiting for you to say, I need your help. I can't do this alone. And and to be honest, like none of us can do it alone. We weren't meant to do it alone. It's the reason why God created, you know, not, it wasn't just Adam. It was Adam and Eve because we all need a partner. We need friends. We need community. We need each other to help us get to that next level. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? Then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. But tell us a little bit more because I want to talk about your human design and your oracle reading. So tell us how you got into that. Oh my gosh, yeah. (laughs) So I realized that, you know, once I chose me, that's when I really started to create what, you know, I guess I could term it now as joy seeking. Mm -hmm. And really what I was doing was like, I I was asking the questions, who am I now? Who am I without other people? Who am I without my job? Because at that point I quit my job Um, and really on a whim because I, I, I knew it wasn't aligned. Like I, at that point, all of these, all this evidence, right. Showed up (laughs) to be like, wrong, wrong. eh, eh. Like my gut kept being like, eh, wrong. Like, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And so when I really edited my, my life down to the core of it, it was just like, I actually don't know who I am. I'm starting from scratch. So let me just date myself. I ended up dating myself and was just like, okay, what do I love? And I hired my first coach. I didn't even know what a coach was at that time. I heard it from a friend and I just was in a parking lot and I I yelped the word coach. (laughs) (laughs) And was like, I don't know. I think maybe I need a life coach. I have no idea. And so I did that. And I ended up in this amazing, beautiful group of women who at that time, I was still like, oh no, I'm working on my career. I'm working on my career. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the six months, I was like, oh no, I'm not working on my career. I want to leave my career. I want to like, I, I just want to be free of everything. And mm-hmm. so I ended up, you know, traveling as growing up with immigrant parents who saved every last penny to make their sacrifices for your life. Like we didn't vacation. Yeah. It's, that was a luxury that we never had. It was like, oh, you know, going out to the mall every weekend was a luxury. (laughs) We'll eat at the food court again. Let's do that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but it was almost like, oh my gosh, this is my time. Like I actually have a a little nest egg to be able to go travel. And it wasn't like I did anything super crazy, but the universe again was presenting me with opportunities. So all my styling clients started shifting from like, Hey, can you like find an outfit for me for this event? They'd come to me and be like, June, I uh, need you to help me find my soulmate. Mm. And I was like, um, you know what I do, right? <laughs> I work with clothes. Yeah. And universe was giving me nudges. And then somebody else was like, June, I like, I'm getting, I want to get a divorce. Um, can you help me ignite my sexual goddess within me? And I was like, really specific, but I'll help you. <laughs> But you do realize I I work with clothes, right? I Uh work with clothes. And it was almost like universe was reminding 
hey, sure, the vehicle may have been closed, but you've been working with transformation for the past 14 years. Yeah. You, you, you were studying to be a child therapist, working with transforming kids for their lives for the better. Like you wanted to do this and now you're doing it technically with adults. So mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay. And so I started shifting and I, and the joy seeking started shifting and those clients ended up gifting me with trips. So I went to Kauai and in Kauai is when I learned how to astral travel for the first time. (laughs) What is that? I want to know. Okay. Oh my gosh. I have so much to tell you, girl. So (laughs) I, it's, it's this state of being where I've never looked up the actual definition. So this is my personal definition of it is a state of being where you're in, you're so connected to the core of who you are. And I was in a sacred temple at the time and meditating with a few other people. And I just saw a movie come to life in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I felt my body going somewhere else. And I saw that from the the floor where I was laying down in the temple, I started floating up to up to the roof, the ceiling of the temple. And all of a sudden I got chopped up by the fan. It was like so weird, but I I didn't feel any pain. I didn't feel anything. I was just like, I laughed and I was like, try again, June. And I did. (laughs) And I levitated in my mind, like, and this time I went through past the fan and through the ceiling and, and I just traveled and it was like a soul retrieval because I went to all these different places like lakes that I, I guess I felt familiar, but I've never been to. I saw like family members. I saw myself at the end of the, the, the quote unquote journey, I was in front of a mirror and it was me talking to different versions of myself by preteen, 20 year old and saying in my body now what I needed to hear back then. And I was like physically crying. (laughs) Like I could feel my tears streaming down. And when I came to, I was like, I recounted the story to the people and the the temple keeper. He goes, oh, that's why I was told to turn off the fan. And I kid you not, I look up and the ceiling fan was turned off. Wow. And that's when my mind, like, you know, you ask for things, but then you're also like, where else can this go? Like, where (laughs) else can I go? Yeah. And yeah, the joy seeking exploded into a spirit cosmic awakening. It led to me going to Hawaii, having very similar visions, like the visions became stronger. I ended up accidentally um, getting certified in cranial sacral therapy. And I stumbled upon human design and Oracle card readings because I was just curious. I wanted to know how, how do I get to know myself better? What are other methods that were not really traditional? Like, I, I don't want to go to therapy anymore. I've gone to therapy. What else is out there? Yeah. And that's how I stumbled upon those. Oh my goodness. I, you know, I, that's exactly what happened to me is I went through therapy for so long um, to talk about like everything that happened to me in childhood. And then I just felt like, and I went to church, I went to church three times a week. Cause I was like really mm-hmm. trying to find the healing and the answers. And, you know, I, I just kept exploring, kept being more curious. 
I got a lot of a lot of resistance from my family who is like strong Christians and, you know, you don't do that and you don't meditate and you don't, you know, you just pray and you just pray, pray, pray. And I'm like, but I've been praying. It's yeah. not working. <laughs> like I still feel like this. Like I yeah. still, I, I've been praying and I've tried everything. And just recently, like I created a meditative place in my room and it took me like no joke like three or four months to get myself to really like put candles and and my little rocks and my Mm -hmm. you know because Mm -hmm. I was like this is against everything that I know because I grew up in a Catholic church and then I went to Christian church and and it was like what am I doing am I doing something wrong by like you know not hanging a cross and and not like kneeling down and and saying you know the Lord's prayer and I just there was all this like anger within me but I have to tell you like I have never been more closer to source God the divine than all the years I spent in church all the years yeah. I spent in church yeah. because now I have like this like intimate relationship with what is everything that is and everything that will ever be and I've had so many experiences not through like meditation. I, I think I get a lot of my visions through my dreams because I have really vivid dreams. Like I feel yeah. like sometimes I could even control my dreams. They're lucid dreams where I know yep. I'm dreaming mm-hmm. and I can control mm-hmm. it. I've had visitations from my dad in my dreams, like where he's perfect. And my dad passed away in 2006. I've had conversations with him. Like it's it's really weird. And, and I feel like I do have these gifts, but I feel hesitant and resistant to even try to approach them because of all of the stuff that I grew up with, you know, like, nope, you don't do that. Nope, you don't do that. Nope, that's, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, please, just like you, I'm like, I'm a good person. Let me in. (laughs) Right, right. I, I mean, I resonate with that so deeply because, you know, there was a part of me that's like, oh, well, is that, is that right? Is that okay? And, you know, I really do feel like I'm kind of going in a sense back to my roots because, and a lot of these, the meditation is very Eastern and, you know, being Thai, they're very spiritual, but I felt like I forgot about that or I lost that. And then I was, I was very Catholic for a long time, even though, you know, I wasn't technically baptized. I was like, it was like so, so confusing for the longest time. And now I feel this clarity within me, like you said, where it's just like, oh, I find my joy within me. Mm-hmm. Like if we are connected as one, because we were all made of the same stars or things, you know, atoms, like, of course we're connected. Of course there's no separation. Of course yeah. there is joy right around the corner and we don't need to wait for anything in that intimate, that intimacy, that bond with universe, with nature, whatever you want to call it is, is really the gateway to that joy. So I love, I love what you've experienced because I think people come to me and they do have a lot of emotional baggage from what they've been taught, whether it's religion or, you know, whatever personal beliefs that their family grew up with. And there is kind of a fear. And and I've worked with Christians and Catholics w- reading their human design charts. And they, they're very, very adamant usually about like, uh, this is not religious, right? This is not a religious thing. Like, uh, this is not a cult. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, and, and, you know, like my psychologist, background, I, I love Enneagram. I love, you know, all those quizzes and personality tests that you can take. And I really do treat Oracle cards or crystals or sound healing or human design as a tool. Like it really is a tool to connect you to whatever you believe that source is within you. 
you know, and, and to really understand at a fundamental, just human level of like, who am I? And with human design, it's super cool because it's very much like it uses your astrology stuff, you know, like birthday, time, location, very simple things to give you this very comprehensive look at, okay, like, where does your intuition live? What is your life purpose? What are your gifts? What are your superpowers? And when I discovered it, it was just like, oh my goodness gracious, what? This is the coolest system ever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I got so excited about it because it really gave me a lot of validation. And what is funny is that I have this thing called the gate of doubt, which actually makes me a a very big skeptic. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) And to be a joy guide and an energy healer and so freaking woo and be simultaneously skeptical seems so contradictory. But I realize it's been my gift because I feel like I'm skeptical too. I'm still doubtful. I still like to really be discerning for my own intuition. I actually need to doubt information to see whether or not it really truly fits for my inner compass towards joy. And so having this amazing system to just have a conversation with people, you know, like you and I could talk and I'd be like, well, this is where your intuition lives. And does this resonate with you? And, you know, I want to know, like, I'm still skeptical every time I do a reading yeah. and I, I have yet to be, you know, I guess it's, it, it has yet to be contradicted. <laughs> what I, have to say. I know. I just recently, um, probably in the last year, I read the book Emotion Code by Dr. Bradley Nelson mm-hmm. and I loved it. And I was like, oh my God, I want to try it. And, and it's, he just basically talks about how, you know, our psyche holds trapped in negative emotions and yep. those negative emotions from your past trauma and from like, because our subconscious is like a computer and it records everything in your life. So yeah. it traps these negative emotions fears, doubts, shame, guilt, whatever. And, and you can release them by using magnets. And so I was like, this is easy. So I, I took the course, got certified, I was like helping people. But then again, like you said, the doubt for me started to, you know, what are you doing? Mm. You know, I, I remember I had one woman say, like, I told her, I was like, well, I, what I do is I tap into your subconscious. And then I like, I ask your subconscious where this trapped emotion <laughs> is. And then yep. I release it using magnet. She goes, wait, what? That sounds, yeah. no, no, I'm a Christian. And like, I, no, I can't right. do that. But you're going right. to tap into my subconscious. No, 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 thank you. And right. I was like, okay, I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to bring you like healing, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and, and honestly, it's like, I, I even question it. So I stopped practicing. Isn't that weird? I just stopped oh my because goodness. of that one woman. And then I started thinking, is this something that is just like a placebo effect? Or is this mm-hmm. really real? Um, yeah. But I also recently saw this guy on a TED talk. And he was talking and he's like a physicist or whatever. And, and he's Mm -hmm. been because of the pandemic, he's had so much time in his hands. So he has been trying to figure out what is exactly in like the atom, because when you're in the atom and the proton and neutron, there's all this like negative space. Mm -hmm. And so he was trying to figure out what's in this negative space, what's in the proton, what's in the neutron. And he said, everything that I have tested shows that all of the molecules, everything, well, all of that is, is in the universe. Mm, in the universe, yeah. all in each itty bitty atom, which is what like, and if you go back to like, just being in church, it's like God is within you. It's yeah, yeah. because everything that is, is the universe is within you. And so exactly. he, when Jesus left, it was like the one statement he said was love yourself, 
love your friends and your family and love your enemy. And that's pretty much what we should do to find joy. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, it really, it seems so simple, right? It's yeah. like, it seems so simple, but because of our trauma, because of our grief, the things that we've had in our life experience to condition us to f- believe a specific thought about ourselves and who we are and what our highest potential is in this life or our lowest potential is, honestly, it's like, it's, it becomes so confusing. And then you start self-rejecting without realizing it and detaching from your body, your inner compass. And all of a sudden you feel this lost, desperate feeling of like, I don't know who I am. I, have I ever known who I am? Yeah. And it's it's that feeling of separation that truly I've realized has created that depression, that sadness, the, the suicidal thoughts that a lot of people um come to at a, at a given point in their, in a low point in their life. And it's, it's understanding again, the core of who you are is whole. Your, your soul didn't come here halfway done. It wasn't half baked. <laughs> it wasn't a half baked idea. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, it came here whole. And, but we have been conditioned to believe otherwise. And therefore part of these, this pain, this lineage pain in a lot of cases that we're carrying is like, that's, that's, that's what we've been carrying the weight that we've been carrying so long from our mom, from our grandma, from our father, from whatever uh, belief or story that's been told. So now it's time for all of us to really question that and rewrite those lineage stories and rewrite the healing experience so that when you show up in this beautiful world, you're, you're going to be like, no, that was then. And this is now, Mm. this is me now. This is my family now. I love how you said, you know, our soul comes here whole. And if you watch little children, they don't have the same fears or doubts or as we do, you know, exactly. they don't care like how well their hair looks. They don't care if they have a stain <laughs> on their shirt. They don't care if their socks are matching. They're just laughing and, you know, running around and everything is amazing. Just looking at a leaf or looking at like a butterfly or a, you know, yep. Bug. Yep. Everything is just like so amazing. Food is like they can't get enough of oranges or the way they eat. You know, it's a different type of experience when you're a child versus like now when you're an adult. We don't do that. It's, I even had one person tell me, Oh, you laugh too loud. And I'm like, What? Like, uh, there's a like a limit. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and how that's dare how, you? Yeah. And that's how it is as you get older. Like, all of a sudden, you start to have all these restraints. Like, don't laugh too loud. Yeah. Don't dance. Don't, you know, run or don't, uh, you know, you're, that you can't, you know, have this much joy in your life. There's got to be something wrong with you. You know, like, so right. it's, I know it's so restricting as you get older as a child from teenager to adult to, you know, being an older person. It's like all of a sudden you can't do these things. Even an old lady who posted that she had pink hair. There's so many people commenting like, oh, you're an old lady. You should, you shouldn't die. Yeah, that's not how you should live. Exactly. It's like everybody's trying to fit them back in the box. Once you've released your soul from the box that they've put you in, they want you back in there because it makes people feel uncomfortable. They just want everything to be gray, you know, or black and white, not gray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I think that's what keeps us trapped in that box within ourselves, keeping us not only trapped from the outside world and experiencing that connection, but also not feeling ourselves, our core and our essence. And I, I truly do believe like, at least in my own personal experience before becoming a joy guide, all I really wanted was to feel that freedom. 
Mm. The freedom to be myself, the freedom to just be laugh out loud, not yeah. feel judged, the freedom from expectation. And I think that's where um, joy co- can come in and this inner child work that I was like, why did I get, why did I want to be a child therapist? Why did I do that? And it's like, oh, wow, yes, this is why. Because I needed that experience to go through it and recognize, well, maybe that wasn't the way that I was supposed to do inner child work. Maybe the way that I'm supposed to do it is to help adults <laughs> tap back into their inner child and not actually physically work with kids themselves. And so it's like it all will eventually make sense. It's more about whether or not you're open enough and willing enough to receive the information than the signs that you're being given. And so for me, I end up teaching people a lot about intuition. Mm-hmm. What does your inner compass look like? Where do we even begin? Where does it live in your body? And that's where human design can be so spectacular because it really is a design system that teaches all of that. And also to discuss like, you know, people really have existential crises a lot mm-hmm. because we're constantly changing, we're constantly evolving. And then we're constantly like, oh, well, we have to be this person that we were before, as opposed to being like, hey, remember that time that uh, it's like a very famous quote where it's just like the only constant in life is change. Yes. Like, so why, why are we expecting ourselves to not change? Yeah, you know, this change. It's, <laughs> it's so funny how we resist so it. Much. Yes. And so to be able to have like this, these tools or these specific ways to find, to really embrace that change so that we can fully transform from like death of the old self, rebirth of the new self. That's really what I like crave for everybody. And why I love my work so much is because we really are naturally just doing it. We just, we don't know that we can have guides. We don't know that we, not just on this earth, of course, but like spiritually, you know, like there's guides everywhere for you. It just depends on what you want to attract. And for me, it's been really beautiful to kind of see all these people transform and to bring a little bit more levity. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. choose joy guide as a, as a title, uh, you know, accidentally, it was like, no, I think my avenue is joy. Like so often transformation feels so heavy and daunting and really sad and oppressive. And I'm like, no, we can find another way there. There are other more fun ways to have playful, joyful transformation. And you can live your joyful life now. Oh my gosh. I love that. Seriously, because there's so many people that go through, like you said, devastating moments in their life, like some, like losing a a loved one. And then you, you feel guilty about having joy in your life. Like, right. You shouldn't be happy because they're gone or you get a divorce and and all of a sudden you're stuck in this like loop of like shame and guilt. And so you're like, I can't feel joy because I lost my husband or I lost my wife and I lost my marriage or, you know, and, or I failed at this or like, I failed to be in a therapy or I failed at being a lawyer, I failed at losing weight, or I failed. And so you you carry all these, like, I like to call them post-it notes, of yeah. shame, because you post, you put a post-it note on yourself, like, I don't deserve this. So then you, you feel like you're not even worthy of joy, like just the yeah. simple happiness, laughter, joy, or dancing in front of a mirror, or just like letting loose and like allowing yes. your soul to shine. So I'm so thankful that you took the time to be on this podcast. So as we wrap up this episode, June, what would you say is your nugget of wisdom for anyone who might be listening? Gosh, treat yourself and your life just like a joyful experiment. You know, like you don't have to force anything at all. Just be curious, ask questions, and let the lessons propel you to your next great adventure. 
Ah, I love that. How can my audience find you? Basically, if you just type in Joy Guy June on (laughs) anywhere, you'll find me. So at Joy Guy June for Instagram, um, my website is www.joyguyjune.com. And, you know, you can also find me on Facebook there as well. But yes. And anyone who is listening, she is offering 10% off all of her services. So if you do contact her, just say you heard her on the Fearless Female podcast and you can get 10% off your services. So thanks again. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, the Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.